This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. It's Pledge Week at Montana Public Radio, and last night I teamed up with Lauren Korn of The Right Question to host a live hour. We discussed the value of locally produced public media and asked each other questions about how we make our respective shows. Here is that conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hey folks, welcome and thanks for tuning in. I'm Justin Angle, host of A New Angle, and I'm here with Lauren Korn, host of The Right Question. Since hey. our shows share this, Lauren, how are you today? I'm great, Justin. You knocked me off script. Right I know. At the head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so know. used to welcome to the right question. I know. Live radio in action here. It's, it's, sorry about that. No, keep, no keep problem. Keep going. So, Read on. Yeah, this is your idea, actually. Since our <laughs> hours share this, since our shows share the seven o'clock hour here at MTPR, and it's Pledge Week, we teamed up for a live hour tonight to chat about our respective programs who we are, how our shows are made, and how we approach that work. So, Lauren, I guess I will start as I do on uh, a new angle with where did you grow up and how did you, uh, what did your parents do? Uh, I grew up slightly south of Helena in Montana City. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a little bedroom community uh, south of Helena, like, like I said, in Jefferson County. Um, it's grown a great deal since I grew up there. Um, I grew up in like this very idyllic space, really. I don't know how much land we had. It wasn't it wasn't a lot, maybe six acres or sure. so, um, you know, but enough to have grown up with horses and to ride around and adventure through the hills. Um, it was a very, yeah, idyllic, happy childhood. Uh, my mom, Jane Fisher, was a clinical psychologist for over 30 years, and she was still practicing in 2020 in, a, in private practice um, when she passed away. And then my dad, Mike Korn, at the time of his retirement uh, was the deputy chief of law enforcement for Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Um, And in his retirement, I should say, hi, Dad. I know he's listening. He's still very active um, with different groups around Helena and around the state um, that champion wildlife conservation and natural spaces. So that's my... Super. And you came here for your undergraduate studies. Is that right? Indirectly. Okay. I actually took a year off after high school. I went to Helena High School. Mm -hmm. um, So even though I was in Montana City, it was, again, a bedroom community to Helena. So, yeah, I went to Helena High. I took a year off. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to leave Helena, though. Okay. Um, And I took a year off and just worked a little bit, saved some money. Um, And then I started my undergrad at the University of Vermont in Burlington. So I went all the way across the country. Um, and wasn't really all that interested in going to school. I mm. learned a lot, but I, I just wasn't ready to go to school. Yeah, Burlington, there's a lot of other things to be interested in, too. Yeah, I lived in a co-op. Um, we farmed. We were really um, close with farmers in the area, really uh, involved with uh, sustainable egg in the area. Yeah. Um, and I went to a lot of concerts. There's a great music scene in Burlington. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I spent two years pretty much not going to school in okay. Burlington, um, decided then to move back to Helena. Yeah, why are you paying tuition if yeah. uh, you're not going to school? Yeah, and I think Burlington, UVM, might be like one of the most expensive public schools. I think in, it is in, the most expensive state the country. school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so, I mean, exactly. That's why I moved back. I moved back to Helena. Um, time off. I was just working. I was kind of a townie. I really loved Helena. Um when I wasn't a student or there wasn't that kind of expectation to Mm -hmm. be a student. Um, But at at some point, I was just like, it's time to go back to school. And that's when I moved to Missoula. I moved to Missoula. I actually worked here for a bit before I went back to school. Super. So I was like a young non-trad. I think I was in my undergrad when I was in my mid to late 20s. So older than a lot of the students in my classes, but younger than some of the, like, quote-unquote non-trads. I I think there's a specific word for that type of student, but I don't... You're a professor. Do you know that? that? Uh, I don't really know the technical term. That's okay. I think we're actually not using non-traditional anymore, although I don't know. It changes all the time. All right. Um, (laughs) But then you decided to go back east and even further east to the University of New Brunswick, right? Yeah, I got my master's at the university. There wasn't enough east left in the United States. You just kept on going. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, actually, my partner uh, got into a Ph.D. program over there. They write poetry, and they got Mm -hmm. into the Ph.D. program there, and so I followed them there. Awesome. Um, And 
was, I mean, I guess I just need to live in places before I go to school there because I was there for a couple of months before I was like, you know what? I got to do something. Okay. So, so I went to school. I got my master's in poetry um, and then moved back here when I got a job with the Montana Book Festival. Mm. Yeah, we're going deep into my history. Oh, uh, we are. Is, we is are. that okay? Yeah, we, let's keep going. Yeah. Deeper and deeper. You know, and I think maybe, maybe our listeners might find this story interesting. Uh, I get the question a lot, like, how did you come to radio? And yeah. I'm going to ask you that question okay. too. But um, I came to radio because as the director of the Montana Film, or the Montana Book Festival, pardon, um, I was updating the website in 2020. Sarah Aronson happened to be one of the authors featured during that particular event. Right. Uh, sh- and, I, and I reached out to her and I was like, Sarah, I need your updated bio to update the website. Sarah sent me her bio and it didn't include the right question. I knew that she was the host. So I was like, Sarah, what's going on? Why is the right question not included in your bio? What, are you not doing this anymore? And she's like, no, I'm not. You should do it. It was like so sustain- so succinct. She was like, you should do it. And it I, happened. I laughed. No, 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 no. I laughed. I was like, ha, 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 radio. No, thank you. Um, but then the book festival ended in 2020 and I and it was a seasonal job. And I was like, I, I, need, so- I need something to do. Apparently, I need... I, you know, I can't be bored. So um, I actually reached out to the broadcast director here, Ray, and was like, Ray, you still looking for a host? And sort of the rest is history. Michael, Ray and I had a meeting on Zoom. We were still kind of in the pandemic mode. And um, I don't know, Michael, you're on the other end of the mic. What what was the, the thought process for you guys behind that decision? It was one of those wonderful moments where I, <laughs> synchronicity, uh, you know, yeah. you were available um, and really interested and with the perfect, I think, um, interest in literature. You know, that that is mm. a, an interesting and not that common skill set. Uh, with this combination of an, an interest in a, an arts and culture and, and books. And and so you were a, a, a natural fit. We knew it from the beginning. Uh-huh. We knew you'd be awesome before we even brought you on. You I mean, what great that? fortune. Just have the, yeah. the optimal <laughs> candidate fall into yeah. your lap at the right time. I yeah. still... Let me just jump in and tell folks we're still matching pledges. Oh, amazing. Yeah, let, we, we are in the dollar middle of pledge. Dollar. Yes. It is pledge drive. Let's do this. So if you make a pledge in any amount right now, we will double that pledge. That is continuing right now. 406-243-6400-MTPR.org. Thanks for that. Yeah, and so I, I feel... I just, I guess I want to say that I still feel very new at this. I'm still very new on the mic. I feel like my erratic energy sometimes trumps good audio, good radio, but um, I so enjoy this position. But enough about me, Justin. <laughs> enough about me. I want to know, where did you grow up and what did your parents do? Gosh, well, I grew up in a small town called Guilford, New Hampshire. It's kind of in the middle part of the state. Um, you might have some familiarity having spent time in Vermont. Maybe another small New Hampshire town, but not Guilford. Yeah, Lake Winnipesaukee is kind of the, the oh, nearby draw. Sure, and so yeah. spent my time on the water a lot growing up. How and, close is Guilford to, say, Meredith, New Hampshire? Yeah, it's borders Meredith. Oh, really? So it's okay. the next town over. Oh, wonderful. I've Rival been in that high area. School at Interlake and all at Interlakes High School. So yeah, that's okay. that's kind of my zone. Awesome. Um, yeah, so was there and my mom worked for state government. She worked in the, um, what was called the Department of Employment Security. So, you know, people that need benefits when they're in between jobs or get laid off or that sort of. Did she enjoy that work? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a complicated question, Lauren. So my grandfather was um, kind of an old school Republican and didn't really believe in that sort of government. He also wasn't um, super supportive of of women working, to be honest. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so I think she was really conflicted about her work throughout her career. And I think she enjoyed helping people, um, but sort of felt some just tension around it throughout. Yeah, so, that's hard. Um, yeah, it was hard for her at Did times. Did you feel that in the family? You know, I knew she just never seemed happy in her job. And I, yeah. you know, I, 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 I kind of didn't know at the time, like, what on earth is going on here? I didn't really make the connection between my understanding of my grandfather's politics and, and, and her upbringing. We hadn't really... Um, you know, that, that sort of discussion of those topics didn't really occur until later when she had retired. So mm-hmm. and my grandfather passed on. So it was, it was kind of, I've understood it later in life. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Uh, my dad worked, uh, he was a paint salesman. So he sold paint and paint sprayers and brushes and 
all kinds of things paint. So, um, yeah, traveled around the, 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 the Northeast and sold stuff. So traveling salesman in a lot of ways. How did your parents meet? Gosh, well, actually, not too far from New Brunswick, my dad was, um, he got out of the Navy, and he had grown up in Cape Cod and really just wanted to get away from that world, and he took a job as the, you know, the, the, basically this, this, this retired guy had a big fancy sailboat, and he would cruise around uh, Nova Scotia and the Bay of Fundy and the coast of Maine, mm-hmm. and he hired my dad to kind of be the not quite the captain because the owner was the captain captain. Second mate or what do you call it? The guy who did all the actual work. The work. Like sail the boat, <laughs> put it, go, take it to where I wanted okay. to go and do the okay. stuff, get the food, cook it. Sure. Um, and, you know, one day um, my dad's friend introduced uh, him to his girlfriend who happened to become my mother. Uh-huh. So if listeners can kind of put that together, slightly <laughs> scandalous. Um, he invited her to come along on the boat one day and, you know, Three short months later, they were married. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's yeah, an amazing yeah. story. I there, love that. There it goes. Yeah. Can I jump in with the phone numbers? Yeah, we time? should yeah. probably. We're gabbing a lot. We're, we're, we're here to <laughs> do good. a job. It's good. It's Montana Public Radio's Pledge Drive. We've got a, a live show happening right now, and we're still doubling your pledges, folks. If you pledge right now in any amount, that will be matched dollar for dollar. All you have to do is call 406-243-6400. That's 406-243-6400, mtpr.org. And this continues uh, the double your match for a little bit longer, so don't delay. 406-243-6400 or mtpr.org. That's right, and we should probably take some, a moment to thank some of the people that so have already that, made yeah, amazing donations. So special thanks to Calvin Murphy. Um, he noted that he has donated previously, but this is his first time um, being a sustaining member. Thank you. Thank you. So that is a That's wonderful great. way to advance your membership. Your contribution is to become a sustaining member. It's not just a one-time thing. If yep. you listen to the radio more than one time, <laughs> become a sustaining member. I love and, that. and listen more than one time. We I love that. that too. That's that's a good rule of thumb. Uh, thank you also to Christelle Parker. Christelle is making a gift in her husband's memory, Jim Parker, who loved Montana Public Radio. Thank you so much, Christelle. Roger Sullivan too. Uh, year and year year in and year out, MTPR is awesome. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you to Carolyn Pardini. Um, she has a great message for that we should spread, actually. And she says, I heard so many of my friends pledge that it motivated me to up my sustaining pledge. So that peer pressure, I it tell works, my young daughters not to give into it, but <laughs> listeners, give into it. I donated, you donated, Michael, I'm sure you donated. All these people in here probably are members. I'm sure they are. You are you a member? Absolutely. Good. Um, Same. And, and all of us should member. Be more. be more of members, right? Join. Pledge, raise your sustaining pledge, all of it. And tell your friends because that kind of pressure works. And you know what? The phone number is 406-243-6400. Write that number down. Text it to your friends. Tell your friends to become members of Montana Public Radio or, you know, in the case that we just heard, Calvin, upping your pledge. Tell your friends that their their pledge is being doubled right now. And it's being doubled. This is the time. We love our challenges. There's so much energy during our challenges, but now's the time your dollar goes doubly far. So now's the time. 406-243-6400, mtpr.org. I'm Lauren Korn, host of The Right Question. I'm sitting here live with Justin Angle, the host of A New Angle. That's right. What are we calling this segment? The Right Angle. The Right Angle, A New Question, something. I thought about A New Question, too. I think The Right the right Angle sounds better, right? Because it's The Right Angle. I don't know what that means. I got accused a lot of being obtuse as a child, so to be <laughs> called The Right Angle, I'll, I'll, I'll get on board with that. Yeah, I love it. I'm rarely The Right Angle in my household. I continue to be primarily obtuse. My wife is the acute one, and um, my daughter's probably as well. I, you know, I, I think we should roll with it. This is this is the right angle uh, for possibly more than once, but definitely tonight, <laughs> tonight only. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, you know, Justin, you started our conversation by asking me a question, and I threw it back at you. Um, but this particular question, where did you grow up, and what did your parents do? 
That question was a question that the late Brian Kahn asked all of his guests on Home Ground. How did you kind of come to take up the mantle of that question? What's the relationship between you and Brian Kahn or Home Ground and A New Angle? Yeah, thank you for asking, Lauren. That is um, our kind of tribute to Brian and the amazing legacy he had not only in public radio, but beyond, did incredible work um, in mediation, in complex issues, bringing uh, disparate parties apart to work through complex issues. And that spirit um, is the spirit he brought to his, his radio program, Home Ground, for uh, almost 25 years. Yeah, a long time. And when I came to Montana, I started um, listening to his sh- show, and that was kind of my primary entry point, other than drive time, into Montana public radio. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it drew me in. And I had the great opportunity to meet Brian. A listener of my podcast at the time had said, you know, you should interview Brian Kahn because he does all these amazing interviews, but nobody's really ever asking him questions. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to hear his story. And so I reached out to to Brian and I went up to his home in Helena. We did the interview and kind of became fast friends. Had had a wonderful, uh, it was just a a wonderful, wonderful man. And we spent, uh, not only did the interview, went out to lunch, had a wonderful afternoon together. Kept in touch. I would stop in. We'd grab a coffee when I was in, in Helena. I had the great fortune of going on his show as a guest. Yeah. Um, a few years back, and then tragically, he, he, he passed. Although mm-hmm. he passed in the in the out of doors in uh, doing uh, on a hunting trip, um, and so if there's an appropriate way to go, I think that would Brian would probably be at peace with that. At least that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Um, and through you know, Michael needed somebody to fill that slot. Um, we have uh, uh, Brian and I certainly have a different style, but I, I try to bring a similar sensibility to the work, and that is that complicated ideas can be aired and um, understood through conversation. Well, looking for a, a great oh, yeah. half-hour interview program was um, something that immediately became a challenge for us. And to honor that space, which we had, as, as you know, Brian was on the air for 25 yeah. years. Yeah. Right. So having a place to put something that, you know, we really wanted in-depth conversations. Your show was so perfect. It was a, it was a synchronistic moment again, I think. And uh, so great that your podcast worked into radio so delightfully. I hope you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be something maybe you well, before our, before we entered, uh, you know, we had the honor of sort of taking that spot on the Montana Public Radio Airwaves. We kind of operated as a weekly podcast, but had no real. I kind of targeted forty minutes an episode, but it wasn't a hard cut. We didn't edit a ton. Um, some episodes were over an hour. I just sort of let the conversation <laughs> go where it went. Yeah. And then coming into the radio format and having to hit a time and have some structure and have some resets where we reinformed listeners that, hey, this is what you're listening to. It really, um, you know, an MTPR supporting the show, giving us some of the great Nick Mott's time to, to really do a, a yeah. proper finishing edit on the show. It really rounded out our processes. It got me, I think, more prepared and tighter in my preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, more prepared in my preparation. That's a good live radio moment it right is. there. It is. It's good. Um, yeah. So I felt like the show really took a leap forward in terms of its quality, um, the content and the production quality. And as we were thinking about like, okay, how are we going to get this thing down to a half an hour? Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes the interviews are kind of about bio a lot, but a lot of times they're not. It's like I, the, the, we got a specific couple things to talk to with this guest and yeah. I don't want to burn so many minutes on bio and Brian's way of like having a standardized question, it established intimacy and connection with the guest mm-hmm. that the listener could understand and identify with quickly. And so it, it, it served a very functional purpose for a new angle, but it also um, allowed us to, in some ways, tip our hat to Brian's legacy. And we're filling the spot that he filled so well for so long. And uh, it is it is an honor. It's an honor we take seriously. And that's our little way of reminding ourselves that, that we are part of a much bigger picture. And as members of the Montana Public Radio family, we are we are carrying on a, a, an important tradition as well. And I, I think you probably share that sensibility in your work, too. 
I hope so. I hope so. If our listeners are out there listening to this live conversation of The Right Angle, it's a, a live crossover episode of The Right Question and a New Angle. Um, and I hope and I'm, I'm sure many of you uh, are familiar with Home Ground. Now's the time to show your support for Conversational Radio, what we do. 406-243-6400, mtpr.org. We have a dollar-for-dollar match going on through the hour, so now is the time. If you are a fan of a new angle, the right question, and, you know, specifically and in honor of Brian Kahn of Home Ground, which I'm sure so many of you miss, now is the time to call dollar-for-dollar match, 406-243-6400, mtpr.org. Justin, you were saying that, you know, the 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 shows Homeground and a New Angle aren't, you know, specifically the same. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right in that there is a sensibility, a tone or a tenor. Um, you also said that, you know, some a listener of yours or a listener of Brian's came and said, you know, Brian hasn't been interviewed. Yeah. But I think what made Homeground so wonderful was that even though he hadn't been you know, given questions, you know, those questions weren't directed at him. He somehow found a way to, you know, um, certainly connect with everyone that he talked to. But I'm, I feel the, the, the way that I'm sure many listeners do and that they knew him, right? They knew, yeah. they knew about him. You know, it wasn't like he was silent in the conversations and he wasn't just asking questions. He was providing context and knowledge and some of his background too. I think that, I, I, I think you're right. He did not make himself the subject of his conversations. Right. But over the years, you could sort of understand who he was in, yeah. in a really co- complex way and in a genuine way too. And I think he injected enough of himself that you could certainly tell that he was not interested in um, trying to get to simplicity. He was interested Mm. in in investigating complexity and where people disagree and why they disagree and trying to figure out bridges to connect them. And, you know, oftentimes in a disagreement, in, in an argument, whether it's family, friends or whatever, it's easy to try to, or it's tempting to try to find the easy way out. That, hey, there's got to be some simple thing that connects us. And, you know, sometimes there is. But oftentimes it takes a lot of going around and a lot of going deeper on an issue and probing again with a question and trying to get to the question underneath the question. Mm -hmm. And I think Brian was very skilled at that. But also he did not let his guests get away with shallow answers. He would (laughs) press them on it. Sure. And and press them for evidence of claims. And so I thought that form of... um, didn't come across as aggression to me. It came across as like, okay, you know, you're coming on my show and I'm going to ask you some some uh, direct questions. You might perceive them as hard, but they're going to be coming from a place of genuine interest in understanding who you are and why you think the way you do. A New Angle is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. I'm Larry Summers, Harvard President Emeritus and former Treasury Secretary. You're listening to A New Angle. And in your show, Justin, I feel like there, again, is that similar sensibility, maybe a little bit less pressing, but I want to talk, I mean, if, if you want to go in this direction already, we sure. wanted, when I, when I came to you with this idea of kind of this live crossover episode, I thought it would be really interesting to talk about the process because while we both inhabit conversational spaces and we both inhabit this specific time, this 29 minute period, our shows are very different. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to give listeners a sense of how our shows are produced. And I think maybe the transitional question here I'm looking for is how you choose the people you bring onto your show, how you choose your guests, and and when you decide what you're talking about, right? Like, obviously, each guest has their thing, their niche. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about pressing questions or opposing opinions, how do you navigate those things? How do you reconcile those things? Yeah, I often think about uh, what can the audience learn from this guest? And, um, you know, I don't want to give the audience stories they've already heard, um, versions of reality that they're already comfortable with and, 
in some ways maybe agree with and feel safe with. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give them things that they have to kind of confront and mull over. And that's not sort of an in-your-face sensibility, but it is a, you know, if, if I, I think I think we live in a world where most of us self-select into informational ecosystems that confirm our existing ideas, or it's it's very tempting to do that. And I feel like social media, the internet, oh, yeah. like those spaces, they they do that for you, right? And that is, I mean, we should take a moment to highlight this is Montana Public Radio, or this is Pledge Week, and call 406-243-6400 <laughs> and, and donate and participate in supporting this enterprise, because this is one of the only spaces where there is not an algorithm driving you to more extreme positions, right? There That's is not true. a profit incentive driving the the sort of fracture of our information ecosystem. Right. We have a model here in public media where we can not participate in that. We have a funding model that is not driven by advertiser dollars and not driven by trying to monetize our audience into clicking on something. And that sounds a little cynical, but if you think about it, that is one of the market forces that is driving our polarization as a country. And I don't want to participate in that. I mean, we asked the question of how did you come to public radio, to radio? Mm -hmm. I came for that reason. I mean, I was in the podcast space. I'm a business school professor. There are plenty of ways to monetize a podcast. Sure. Plenty of ways to pursue that path. And, And we have the generous support of some private sponsors, and I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to access, I wanted ideas to get out to more people. And I didn't want people to have to pay for that. And I wanted it to be in a space where, you know, we did not have any kind of corporate interest, either deciding who gets access to the content, who has served the content, and or what the content is. Sure. And I, you know, that's been a gift, mm-hmm. um, both in terms of working with Montana Public Radio and with the University of Montana. They have never, they've been supportive of the project from the start and have never once tried to say like, hey, we really think you should tell these stories or talk to this guest. Yep. At the same time, being a part of the university has afforded us great access to some amazing folks coming through this campus uh, community. Sure. Okay, so... Um, Did I answer your question? I feel like I meandered and dodged. To be honest, Justin, I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> That's a successful answer. That I, I completely agree. Um, okay, so the, the question isn't so much why public radio. Yeah. I think um, everyone sitting on the mic right now can, can answer that question very vividly and beautifully. But why podcasts in the first place? Why did you decide that the podcast um, conversation is where you wanted to place, you know, your curiosity? Sure. How how did A New Angle begin even before it came to Montana Public Radio? What's the origin story? The origin story. Yeah. So uh, as some listeners may know, uh, my day job is I'm a professor in the college business here. I teach strategy and branding and marketing. And... um, You know, I'd been developing an online version of my course. I had been using podcasts and other things, many um, public radio podcasts. We had used some on the media programming. I had used some episodes of of Freakonomics and Marketplace. And I'd been starting to use audio in place of readings with Mm -hmm. my students. And for a couple of reasons. One, I just found that students were much more likely to listen to something than to read something. It would lead to better retention and better understanding of the content and richer classroom conversations. Hmm. And also, our students here at the University of Montana, we mentioned non-traditional students, we have a ton that are doing, you know, they're working four or five jobs to put their way through school, they're a student athlete, they're in a drama production, whatever the case may be, they have a ton of things happening. Right. And it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult to do all the things you need to do as a student, but I felt like I could get better outcomes in the classroom and make the content more accessible. Um, and so that seemed like a great way to do it. And as I was developing content for my own course, I thought, well, why don't I build a podcast and interview interesting folks that are doing work that would illustrate the concepts to bring them to life? Who... If, if not your students, then who was your, if you had one, an intended audience? What, what was your thought process? Well, at first that? it was just students. It was literally just the students. Yeah, I okay. developed this like 
private podcast and I put it on our, it's called an LMS, Learning Management System, like mm-hmm. a, the class website, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then as I was starting to do these interviews, I was I was thinking, well, I kind of like doing these interviews. Yeah. And if you think back to 2018, when this was starting for a new angle, um, the University of Montana was kind of in a tough spot. Hmm. Um, you know, enrollment was kind of at its lows. Morale wasn't great. And we weren't doing a great job of telling positive stories about ourselves, of which there are many. There's so many, yeah. And so it felt great to be kind of highlighting some of those positive stories. And I thought, there is an audience for this. And so mm-hmm. I just started kind of with a borrowed mic in my office, recording conversations and throwing them out there. And it's gained yeah. some traction yes. and some support. And it allowed us to invest in better equipment and better editing. And I got it to the point where the weakest piece of the entire production is the host. And that feels good to be That's the That's how I link. feel. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So we share that. And yeah, that was kind of it. And from the start, we, we didn't make it a new angle on business. We made it a new angle in such a way that we could, um, you know, I can always fall back on businesses and do some entrepreneurship. At the time, there was a great MTPR podcast called Can Do. Oh, my yeah. My colleague, Arnie Sherman. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of focused on the entrepreneurship space here yep. in Western Montana. And so I wanted to do kind of more of a current affairs show. Mm-hmm. And that um, afforded us the opportunity to kind of talk about anything we wanted to talk about. And yeah. uh, I often feel like that's where the best learning happens anyway. So, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. It's so interesting that this whole enterprise for you began because you wanted an accessibility for students. And I think that a lot of people turn to Montana Public Radio um, without doing so like very uh, explicitly, like it's, it's, it's background for so many people while they're making dinner, while they're, you know, driving home from work. Probably right now as we speak. Right now. Yeah. There are folks out there that are doing something else while listening to Montana public radio. And I think that's really wonderful that there was an intention for you in that, because I think you're right. I think that we all live such busy lives and yet we want to be engaged with, and we want to engage with things. And I think that um, the audio space, the oral space is really, really important in that, in that realm. It's a soundtrack for so many people's lives. That is, you know, cliche. I've heard it before. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think it's apt. I mean, I grew up, you know, with car talk in the background oh, sure. and Prairie Home Companion. And then I entered into the This American Life world and Radio Lab and these just iconic and then all the wonderful, uh, you know, national public radio news programs. Mm-hmm. And it just was always there. And you know, if you're one of those folks that think like, oh, yeah, public radio is always there, you should contribute. You should be a member. You should sustain the operation. Uh, MTPR.org, 406-243-6400. This is Pledge Week. We are trying. And is the, 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 the dollar for dollar match still still on? Mike? Yeah. It is. It is indeed. Okay, and so now is the time. Yes. Your pledge is being doubled right now, folks. And do you want to do some celebrating? Which, what do we oh, need? Oh, let's One? celebrate. One sixty-three. Well, let's yeah. celebrate. Let's pause for celebration. Let's okay. pause and celebrate for one hundred sixty-three thousand dollars. I don't know where my noisemaker is. But... <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. Suzanne's got her maracas over there. MTPR.org or two four three six four hundred two four three six four hundred to pledge your support right now and have whatever you choose to donate doubled right now. Two four three sixty four hundred. So, Lauren. Um, you know, the hour is slipping away here. I know. I, I, I will I not think we let it worried. slip away without knowing what a fish trap fellow is. Oh. You are one. I am for two, one. The, the, the 2022 year, at least. Tell me yeah. what a fish trap fellow is. Uh, I mean, I would say congratulations, but that you feels can. a little... Sure, congratulations. Thanks. I don't know what I'm it's, congratulating it's kind of, it's, it's a though. great deal. It's a big deal, I think. Um, there is a writing retreat, I suppose you'd call it, a residency um, in Joseph... Oregon in the Wallawa Lake area. Yeah, the Wallawa country. So beautiful. Um, it's called Fish Trap. It's um, writing. It's for writers who are writing in and about the West. Um, it's a really, really wonderful organization. It's very small, uh, very intimate. But um, yeah, this this year, 2022, I was named a Fish Trap Fellow, which basically meant that I could go and spend a week um without having to pay for anything and write. I took a I took a writing workshop with um, the prose writer Beth Piatote. She's an indigenous author. Um, 
and was able to kayak and make really long lasting relationships and friendships and connections and not have to worry about anything. So I took a took a week off from my radio duties and I just uh, hung out in the Wallawas and wrote as much as I could. Awesome. And do you feel like it advanced your project in your writing? <laughs> you know, Justin, I don't know that I have a specific project right now. I think that um, one thing that The Right Question has done for me is kind of solidified the idea, at least in my mind, that as much as I love to write, and I, I will probably always write, my work in, quote-unquote, the writing sphere or the publishing industry is always... Not always. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that definitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, it's on the back end. I want to be an advocate for other writers yes. and build up other people and help others. I'm, you know, and to be honest, quite honest, I'm a much better editor than I ever have been a writer. Sure. Um, and so, just supporting writers and the work that I do in the right question and and outside the studio as well. Um, that's what that's the work I want to center right now. So I think that Fish Trap, it was amazing. I got to write. I got to focus on myself for a week. That's not something that some of us get to do all that often. It is. It does seem like a luxury. Yeah, yeah. it, 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 really, it really was. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I had some wonderful relationships uh, grow and nurture in that space and, you know, lifetime friendships, certainly um, some really great writing relationships. But that is what a fish trap fellow is. You get to it. spend a week in the Wallawas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would sign up if I could, but it's got to be. You probably pretty, could. Well, 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 you got to be one a good writer, which you probably are, and two, like, have a tremendous resume in, in the literary space, which you do. So it's a big honor. It is a big honor, and I'm very thankful for uh, Fish Trap, the organization, for letting me uh, be a fellow and and come to the Wallawas and and to hang out with them for a week uh, this summer. But Justin, you could be a Fish Trap Fellow, um, not only because of your gigantic resume, but because you too are a writer. And I didn't anticipate this being the transition to this question, but you are writing a book. I am trying uh, (laughs) in collaboration with Nick Mott. Um, Nick and I and Victor Iveas collaborated on a, a six-part series, a podcast series, about wildfire called Fireline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supported. It was brought to life in many ways by the support of the MP- MTPR team. Josh Burnham, Corin Cates Carney, Michael, Ray, the whole crew here really embraced the project. And I think another um, sort of moment of serendipity, I uh, came to Josh sort of saying that, um, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this podcast about wildfire. And he said, I've really wanted for us to be affiliated with a podcast about wildfire. And so you know, that, that show was amazing to, um, to work on. And I learned so much about um, narrative radio, narrative podcasting. I mean, it was not... Which is a different beast than conversational radio. Oh, my gosh. Totally different animal. And so much more complex and so much more time intensive. And um, this project took a few years and then COVID happened in the middle of it and changed a lot of our thinking about how the show would lay out. And then, you know, it came together um, in the spring of 2021. it was, uh, you know, I, I think it was well received by the listeners. I mean, and it's an award-winning podcast, right? Uh, it won yeah. a, what, at least one of the episodes, or is it the full podcast? Uh, I mean, Edward R. I Murrow. Don't exactly. Award. No, I mean, we could ask Corin because <laughs> he su- su- submitted the um, the entry. I think they do recognize a particular episode, and that was our episode about. Um, um, firefighters. Oh, sure. And f- with a f- particular focus on how the job has gotten a lot harder. Hmm. Fire seasons have gotten 80 days longer over the last 15 years. 80 days is a long time That's for a that, long time. Uh, uh, that intensity of work. The fires have gotten bigger, hotter, more destructive. So it's a harder job under harder conditions, and they're doing it for longer. And more of these folks doing it are contractors and not full time employees. So there's all sorts of benefits. Um, issues there to navigate and our institutions are not built for how the job is right now Hmm. and uh that you know that's not necessarily a fault of the institutions institutions move well have moved slower than the conditions on the ground have moved in many ways and so yeah that was the episode we submitted um 
you know, we, we won a uh, regional Murrow Award over the summer, and then we, we somehow won the national category. So many congratulations. Thanks. And really it was wonderful. It yeah. was super fun. We just got back from a trip to New York City for the awards gala. How was it? It was a blast. I mean, <laughs> we saw uh, pictures of you in a tux. I know. Amazing. <laughs> I, it was super fancy. You're wearing a tux now. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yep. radio. Yep. That is, is the magic of it radio. It is the radio yes. tux. <laughs> uh-huh. I will say, though, you could. Speaking of tux and appearance, you could tell the difference between the radio journalists and the television (laughs) journalists. Television journalists were much more put together. Um, I had a very similar, but not to that maybe the the scale, but a similar experience at the EB Craney Awards this year. Yeah. You could there was there was a difference between the television and the radio folks for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of those television folks are a lot smaller than you think they are. <laughs> Everybody kept telling me you are a lot taller than we thought, and like Lester Holt, you are tiny. Do you sound do you sound short, Justin? I've never I've never thought of what someone sounds like on like their height. Okay, so if you think I sound tall, call 406-243-6400 and pledge um, $100. Wow, if you're you just going for I it. If you sound short, call 406-243-6400 and pledge $100. And it's a dollar for dollar match. So whether you think Justin is tall or short, which I think you already gave away the answer, but whether you think he's tall or short, it's a dollar for dollar match. One hundred dollars, one dollar, anything. We're looking for 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 everything you can you can give us right now. MTPR.org four zero six two four three six four zero zero. I want to play an announcement real quick and let people know that you're listening to The Right Angle. How cool is this? It is The Right Angle. We'll be right back. MTPR is supported by Masterpiece Carpet One and Lighting One in Kalispell, an independent member of the 1,000-store Carpet One Floor and Home Cooperative. Online at MasterpieceCarpetOneKalispell.com. You're listening to Montana Public Radio, a special live program here on a Thursday night. MTPR.org or 406-243-6400. And yes, we continue to double your pledges right now. It's a big deal. Yes, dollar for dollar match continues. 406-243-6400, MTPR.org. I'm Michael Marsalek, Justin Angle, and Lauren Coroner here. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot on our show. I do a weekly, our monthly segment, uh, or monthly episode with an economist, Bryce Ward, yeah. who many listeners uh-huh. know and know his voice, know his wisdom. Um, and we've talked a fair amount in the last year about inflation, right? Okay. And it is a challenge for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not one of those forces that hits people equally either. Um, you know, if you are, it's just, it's, it's a pernicious force in our economy right now. And, and there's tons of debates and consternations about how to, how to kind of get it under control or deal with it. Um, but, you know, Inflation's a hard force. The dollar for dollar match is a tailwind financially. I mean, when else can <laughs> yeah. you get double double the results for the money? In this environment, you cannot. I don't know if the how silky a segue that was from inflation was to the dollar for dollar match, silky. but I was trying. It was very silky. And Ann Hostler has been saying that it's it's not often that we get these kind of bonuses, these kind of challenges in real life where your dollars are matched or that there are these bonuses. Now is the time. 406-243-6400. Be the sound of the ringing that you are hearing over the radio. It's such a sweet sound. 406 243 or if you're online, go to mtpr.org. Justin, right before we went back on the air after that short uh, uh, underwriter, I asked you, what do you want to talk about? And I didn't hear you. What do you want to talk about now? Well, we talked about process because you and I, you know, we, we talk a little bit about how we approach our shows. And it, my sense is it's, it's quite different. Well, it's so funny that you went from what ultimately was a long form, 40 plus minutes, mm-hmm. and you had to adjust into the short form, which is about half an hour, 29 minutes. Um, I, too, have to fit my weekly show into 29 minutes, um, but I have apparently refused 
refused that boundary. And so um, for listeners who are curious, my shows recorded are an hour plus. Um, You know, we we do a lot of editing um, and, you know, it's sometimes a good thing. You know, I'm I'm not the best at live radio. Can you can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, But yeah, it's 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 a whole different beast. um, Live radio is. And so I'm I'm usually very grateful that there's an editing hand um, right now that editing hand <clears throat> pardon is Chris Moyles I'm so grateful for his help he's my my co-producer editor sound engineer most of the time um, yeah and so uh, yeah I, I I imagine that your conversations are what 40 minutes max now uh, yeah max and I get a little flack from Nick if I go anything over 40 yeah uh, our process is um, Constrained by resources in, in many ways. And I don't mean financial resources, although, you know, we're, this is Pledge Week and we, we, the, the entire enterprise benefits from our generous donors, 406-243-6400-MTPR.org. <laughs> plug. Got to keep plugging that. But it's more a, a question of time. time. I mean, and that's a, that's an issue for us too, right? Um, and that's that's maybe the biggest issue because I think that if if my team, which again is now just me and Chris, um, if we had all the time in the world, we could do exclusive web episodes where you're oh, sure. getting like full conversations. But I guess my question is, you know, it, and maybe we answered it at the, at the very beginning of our conversation with this uh, this question that you ask all of your your guests. Um, but, you know, for me, the extended conversation, you know, when we're hitting that 45 minute mark, when we're hitting that hour mark and in some cases over hour, over the hour mark, you know, you never know when someone's going to give you good yeah, audio. That's true. And so, you know, for me, that's that's a benefit because we can pull question and answers from later in the conversation and, you know, we can kind of... Um, piece it together in a way that feels fluid. Um, whereas, you know, if you're if you're on the mic for 30 or 35 minutes and that's it, you know, you don't, I can't say that you don't know what you're going to miss, but there is, you know, that opportunity for more that is gone. That seems, that seems obvious. Yeah, no, I don't think it's obvious. And you, you kind of sometimes don't understand that while you're in it. Yeah. Um, and that would be an interesting question for you. I mean, some folks ask me, like, hey, how do you think that interview went? And oftentimes the ones that I come out of feeling exhausted and a little exacerbated end up being the best ones. Because I think that I've learned over the five years of doing this that that kind of feeling of cognitive fatigue when I leave is a sign that I was working really hard to learn something and to try to translate that or to to shape that learning into something the audience could learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's become a marker of what, what I think are some of our better episodes, at least when I, when I sort of um, reflect on them. Uh, the ones that feel easy and fun uh, maybe are, are a little too light, and I, and I didn't lean into it enough. I, I haven't really got a full handle on it. What's been your experience of like how you feel in the interview, your experience oh, of yourself question. as an interviewer, and how does that translate to the product that goes on the air? I like that question. Um, I don't know that there is kind of a template. You know, if I feel one way, then the interview went one way. I think that it is really easy to to, to know at the end of an interview, like, oh, that's going to be an yeah. easy one to edit. There's so much gold in there. Or at the end of an interview where it's, you know, oh, that one, there was a lot of tangents. Uh, I did a poor job of restating or clarifying questions or um, allowing for easy transitions. That one, cause, because let's face it, listeners, it's usually my fault. Um, but but that might be a little bit harder to edit. Um, you know, but thinking about the differences between our 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 um, podcasts and our radio programs, even though they are both conversational, um, you know, you, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm going to throw a question at you sure. and then, and then maybe I'll, I'll come back and, and try to clarify what I have in mind here. But like, what are the differences between our shows, Justin? Well, you know, when we, we were kind of thinking about this, I mean, your show starts with the book in many ways. And, it, and a lot of times it's hard to separate or maybe impossible to separate a writer from their book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the focus of the conversation is, is a particular piece of work that this person has done. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the sort of central, you know, thread of the episode. Yep. 
Uh, with ARP, says the central thread is the person. Sometimes the person has written a book. I've, I've interviewed a, a handful of authors, and that's something that we've talked about in, in our collaboration is, hey, what's, you know, it, it has to be kind of a, a book that doesn't fit as well in your show or a moment that doesn't fit as well. Yeah, we, we've had those conversations we where we have that. some overlapping ideas for guests or um, certainly yeah. publicists have reached out to us both. And, and then we have to kind of decide because, you know, it wouldn't have been an issue if when we didn't share this hour. But, exactly. you know, now that we do, it's a conversation that we have to have to see maybe how each author or that author fits one half hour better. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right? And, yeah, and, and it's come up a handful of times, and I feel like it's been a, a great mechanism for us to get to know each other a little bit better. I agree. And I've come to really appreciate and understand your approach to your work in, in, in ways through those conversations. And I hope, you know, you of me, and I think it's, it's made for a, a really great collaboration and friendship. So thank yeah. you, Lauren. Oh, thank you, yeah. Justin. That was can sweet. I, can I jump in with Please. one comment here, you guys? This is such a great hour of radio on Montana Public Radio. <laughs> and I mean tonight, this is really fascinating, and this is uh, I'm glad you did this. But I just in general, the 7 o'clock hour is really important to Montana Public Radio, and this combination, I didn't know it would be quite as great as it is. It always consistently makes my phone ring. It's the kind of thing where I think you guys are both creating an awful lot of driveway moments out there. <laughs> and the, the shows uh, complement each other really well in that hour, I think. I think you learn a lot. I think you you have the time to go deep, and that's something in public broadcasting that's such a rarity. You know, there's so many uh, media outlets that have just the sound bites and the five-minute stories, and, you know, even on the network, they're limited. You know, some, they do something on NPR that's 12 minutes long. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, and you get to do these deep dives, and it makes for great radio. So program director's happy. <laughs> That's good. It's That's good to keep you happy. Yeah. And if we're keeping you, the listeners, happy, now is the time to donate. We're still in the middle of this dollar-for-dollar dollar match tonight. Help us meet the goals that we have. I think it's $300,000. We, we, are, we are running out of time, but we are so glad to be here. Justin, I'm so glad to be sitting here with you tonight. If you're enjoying our conversation, go to 406. Don't go to 406. Dial 406-243-6400 or go to, if you're online, mtpr.org. You know, Justin, we were talking about earlier kind of the tone and the tenor of the shows. And I think, I don't know that I would call it a difference, but I do think there is a separation between our shows in that, you know, I had to make a decision really early on um, when I came on board, the right question, uh, what kind of questions I wanted to ask. Sure. And I, I, I decided really early on because, you know, you're, I read a book and perhaps there's something I don't agree with mm -hmm. or there's, a, you know, something the way that it's written I don't quite understand or agree with and I, and I, I, my first inclination, I, I can be kind of a cynic in that way, and my first inclination might be to press an author. Why, you know, tell me more about this. Like, what did you mean by that? And sometimes um, that, that is my first inclination, but I, again, had to make a decision pretty early on, and I, I mentioned this advocacy, um, that this show was going to lift authors up. And so yeah. pressing authors in that way was not going to be my MO. And I feel like, you know, you're able to get at certain things that, um, what did you say earlier? Like, it's, it's, it's pressing, but it's not... I forget what you were saying. Yeah, I don't consider said. our show to be like adversarial journalism. Yeah. Um, at our core, we try to pursue guests um, who our audience can learn from, but also our general sensibility is to celebrate, uh, to celebrate great work being done. That might not be great work that you agree with or you agree how it's done, but, uh, you know, I, I think... The guests that I um, seek out are, are, like I said, they're, they're people we can learn from and people that we can find some way to respect and to celebrate. Um, that's not to say I, I, I try not to shy away from complicated topics. I try to seek them out and press on them, hmm. but in a way of trying to just find understanding. Help me understand what you're doing. And then there's been a couple moments in interviews um, – where, you know, it felt like, oh, I could have really leaned into that and really pressed on it and, 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 and kind of taken a more of an argumentative stand. 
But as I kind of reflect on those experiences and as I, as, as I live through them, I sort of felt like, no, the ge- I gave the guest the opportunity to, to explain how he or she thinks and why, mm-hmm. and that should speak for itself. I don't necessarily need to do more than that. And, uh, and in some ways, like Michael mentioned a moment ago, the, the longer form program gives us the opportunity to, you know, if it's a bad idea that you don't agree with, you're going to be able to understand at least how that person that I'm interviewing, or that's my goal, is for you to understand how that person arrived at that way of thinking, mm-hmm. whether you agree with it or not. And... Um, and that doesn't, I think that happens better through uh, a spirit of understanding than it does through a spirit of argument. Argument. Yeah, antagonism. Yeah. That exactly. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lauren, I guess, what makes for a book or a writer that you want to interview? Like, how do you kind of make selection choices about who comes on the show and why? Yeah, I think it's... Um half and half or 50 50 50 50 um one half being uh this is an author that i learn about myself it might be someone who is in my literary sphere who i know about just by reputation um or have read um i think that and i'm sure you can speak um in a similar manner about some of the guests that you have on your show like that you admire them so much um i i fangirl a lot on my show and it's a it's a real privilege to be able to talk to authors that i love like really really love um and yeah, so I guess half of it is that is is me reaching out to publicists and authors, being like, I know you have this book out, or I know you are representing this author who has this book coming out. I would love to interview them. I would say, you know, nine times out of ten, people say yes, yeah. which is a joy to know and to learn and and to to <laughs> take advantage of, really. Um, and then the other half is um, authors and publicists reaching out to me. Sure, people on book tour, people trying to sell books. Yep, exactly, because it is it is a business, and is. and um, being on a, a podcast will get you readers and will get you that business. Um, you know, this was another decision I had to make early on. Again, um, when I came onto the right question and into the MTPR family was how I was going to curate my selections because both Cherie Newman and Sarah Aronson, they've really focused on the local. And I think that that was so important. And I think it is so important that we have local programming and local voices. Um I came from a uh, industry, I keep using that word, but I, my background is so much more broad mm-hmm. than just Montana or regional writers. And I, I thought that that was a good thing, right? Yes. That, that it, I, I have a, a good, um, I don't know, toolbox. I have good connections that I can bring into um, this sphere. And, you know, I, I, I really do try to make decisions, you know, if it's not a Montana author, if it's not a regional author, if it is a national or international author, I I have to make the decision, like, is this a voice that Montana needs to hear? Is it a voice that's missing in Montana? And that, that, that question has to, you know, the answer has to be yes. Like, is this something that, you know, Montana would love to hear or needs to hear? And that's, and that's kind of the conversation that I have with myself when I'm choosing authors. Um, and you don't have that many, you know, there's how many weeks in a year. So you have to say no to some and yes to others, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joy. And I, again, I can't say how much of a privilege it is to, to have people be like, yeah, I, I want to be on your show and, and, and have the opportunity to talk with them. Let me jump in for just a Please. moment as yeah, our, our hour is getting uh, close. Yeah. Uh, your double, your pledge opportunity is ending uh, shortly at the end of this show. You've got about five minutes or so left to get your pledge doubled tonight. So Now's don't the time. Delay. Now's if you've been time. wondering, like, should I do this? Should I not do it right now? Uh, we are uh, very happy to have this incredibly generous offer and lots of, uh, lots of dollar for dollar matches happening this evening. Thank you to all of you that have contributed already and to the very generous donors who've been supporting the evening. But don't delay now. We have just a few minutes left in that. So call 243-6400. If you get a busy signal, call back 243-6400 or mtpr.org. So Justin, can I put that question on you? I feel like I rambled for a few minutes. How how do you choose your guests? Lauren, I have to say, like as we close out this hour collaboration, um, I feel like... 
your answer articulated in many ways how we select guests at a new angle. You know, what is it that a Montanan can learn from this guest? And we have the great fortune of being in a wonderful community here in Missoula and in the state of Montana. There are incredible people here already that we can all learn from. But there are incredible people that come through this community. They either speak on campus or in town or come here to take advantage of the tremendous theater, outdoor opportunities, so much that this great state has to offer. And those sorts of people, yeah, many of them are the sorts of people that, um, you know, they have a national, international profile, but, but our local audience can, can learn from them. Sure. And so I think that is, 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 is kind of a theme that unites our, our shows in many ways. What does Montana need? And one thing that Montana needs is Montana Public Radio. They do. And they need your support. So thank you for listening to Lauren and I for this hour. Um, If you like what you hear and you like the other great programming here at Montana Public Radio, support us. 406-243-6400, mtpr.org. Lauren, this has been a pleasure. Such a pleasure. It sounds like with this hopeful book coming out, Justin, this won't be the last time we'll be in conversation. I see many more awesome conversations having. You are a cool Incredible. person doing awesome things. So Back you at you, Justin Angle. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for this crossover of The Right Question and A New Angle. We've been calling it The Right Angle. It works. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from UM alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. Keely Larson is our producer. VTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music. Editing by Nick Mott. Social media by A.J. Williams, and Jeff Neese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.